It's the Should Have Backed It podcast. It was hard to know where to look on a massive day of group racing across Melbourne and Sydney. To many punters' delight, favourites Animo and I'm Thunderstruck both picked up stirring wins in the headline races at Caulfield. However, the performance of Cox Plate fancy Zaki in the might and power has left us with plenty to think about ahead of the great race in two weeks' time. With me to dissect all the action is Australia's number one tipster, Chris Venuccio. You lived up to your number one tipster title last week, Big V. You were picking winners for fun, mate. Oh, thank you, Phil. It was a good day on Saturday, particularly late in the program where a lot of favourites got up and right off the top, I have to say, that was a perfect Caulfield track on Saturday. I know there were a few dissenters and you know people are entitled to their opinion, but as a punter, you couldn't have asked for any better. Yeah, you often see on those days where they do have a good three or a harder track that the uh, the punters have a good day generally, don't they? Um, you know, I don't think there was too many dissenting voices around how the track played, and yeah, I think every horse had their chance. Yeah, there was a few on social media and a few uh, commentators, but um, I think I know a lot of the a big argument is horse welfare. That's got to come first. I mean, not the punt, but I think for good tracks doesn't doesn't really affect the horse as much as we think. You go to soft tracks and heavy tracks and go through the stewards' reports and you'll be surprised how many horses pull up lame. I don't think a horse pulled up lame, according to the stewards' report on Saturday. And you look at the trifecta for the Caulfield Guineas, Animo, Captivon and Artorias, they ran two weeks ago at Rose Hill, which uh, one, one ratings expert said was a fast two track and they've backed up and run the first three in the Caulfield Guineas and Profondo on that same day has won the spring champion. So it'll be interesting to see. We'll, we'll know our answer on Caulfield Cup Day, how many horses back up and already Delphi's been given the green light to back up into the Caulfield Cup. So, you know, we'll, we'll know next Saturday how many horses back up seven days later and really whether, you know, the track did have an impact on them or not. Yeah, look, all the reports I've heard immediately after the race, Big V, is that most horses have pulled up pretty well from the from the conditions. Look, I didn't think there was a track bias, and I thought, as you say, it played really well. But it was one of those days where being in the back of the field wasn't a bad spot to be. No, I think it was a fair track. And a lot of races, you know, the horses that were out wide just nabbed the horse that was leading. You know, but that was just right on the line. So if you led, you, you had your chance to win. You know, I think in a lot of these races, you know, these good quality horses ended up winning. Well, speaking of very high-quality horses, Big V, we had a, a cracking edition of the Caulfield Guineas. Uh, and Animo, um, sitting in that three-wide lane, perfectly ridden by Damien Oliver, uh, in a really high-rating race as well, got the job done, just nudging Captivant. And uh, we saw Artorias, who didn't jump the barriers at all, um, actually swing around and run a really nice third as well. Yeah, the top three were outstanding. And that's the Golden Rose form. Now, the Melbourne f- form has been pretty poor this spring, you know, really slow on the clock. So it doesn't surprise me that the top three have come out of the Golden Rose. And I think also what was surprising was Animo getting out to 280 on Saturday morning. And that was the best price you could get before it started coming in. And I jumped on at 260. I missed that 280 price. But when I saw 260 across the board, I thought, yeah, the move's been made. I think it's just going to come in now. And again, I just think the wide barrier was overrated. Yeah, well, as we mentioned in our uh, newer 
preview show on Friday there, Big V, we actually thought, I thought the barrier itself was a, a good thing for Animo, and it, it did turn out that way um, with how the track was playing as well. And, yeah, Artorias, once it, it missed a start, its, its race was shot from a winning perspective. Well, I think you've got you to block out the noise when that happens because, yeah, just because a horse draws wide doesn't mean it's a bad barrier. And when these barrier draws come out, there's all you get all this sometimes nonsense that a horse is drawn poorly because it's drawn wide and horses are drawn well because um, a horse is drawn better because they're drawn in. And on Saturday, you know, the big punters just ignored all that. They just said, Animo's the best horse in the race and so we're going to crunch it. And in the end, you know, that golden rose form was clearly superior now, Big V, I've got something. I've got something to pick with you, though, mate. You mentioned that you thought he might drift out a little bit, and I'm still waiting for my three dollars that you promised me earlier in the week. What's going on there? Well, it did drift out. It got to two eighty, and you know, and from there it could have gone out a little bit more. But I think the the punters on Saturday morning decided two eighty was a good enough price to take, and and they took it. And sometimes you just got to see where the trend is going. And when it came into two sixty, I thought, you know, maybe it's not going to go out again. We'll get on the 260. It's still a decent price. If Animo had drawn a gate, it would have been 230 on the Wednesday into two dollars, and the starting price is 210. So it's been smashed on the day. Well, the other big feature of the day, of course, was the Turak handicap, which was uh, quite brilliantly won and run by I'm Thunderstruck, and that's your should have backed it horse for this week, Big V, and that's. Caught me by surprise because on Friday you tipped it on top. I did have it on top, but I thought the two fifty two sixty price was a bit tight. I did say that on the the preview podcast, and it's got out to three twenty, so that's that's a decent price in the end. But I thought um, that he was a risk at that price, and and Jai McNeil was really brave with his ride. And if he if he wasn't brave, I'm thunderstruck would have got beat. So the rides won the race. So I thought my judgment was sort of half there. I, I like Superstorm at the price, and it was twelve dollars into nine fifty. So I stuck with Superstorm. But the reason I made I'm um, thunderstruck. The I should have backed it. Is I had a multi Animo Superstorm and Delphi to win a significant amount of money, and then maybe I might I should have also had a separate multi Animo I'm um, thunderstruck and Delphi just to win. You know something small just in case all the favourites got up which they did in the end and uh, yeah it was, a, it was a skinny way home in the in the quaddy for a lot of people as well but interestingly in this race Big V I've actually got my should have backed it in the race too but it's going to be not a single horse but the fact that we missed the trifecta Big V I think on our Friday podcast we mentioned three horses that we thought were a good chance um, and they ended up filling the first three places which would have paid a nice little sum I imagine the trifecta in that race yeah, probably would have. And Tefani was a great run. I had my doubts with her at 1,600. She had the top weight, but she's run a really good race here. So she probably can run the 1,600. Probably might be tempo-related, whether she can run it out strongly. Superstorm, I thought, was maybe a pair too far back. Damien Oliver had a great day on Saturday with the rides on Animo and Delphi, which we'll talk about later on. I just thought with Superstorm, he just got... He could have been a pair closer. He could have sat next to Embolism in the run and got that trail behind Elephant. But instead, he's, he just got a bit too far back and just made it a bit tough for Superstorm. So I think he's the one you take out for a Cantala. But 
you know, the top three have run really well. And this was a strong rating race as well. So just being that bit too far back just made it tough for Superstorm to catch on Thunderstruck and Tefani. Yeah, look, Tefane, uh, for the second time in a row over 1,600, at one point did look the winner in that race. And, it, you know, she did run incentivised pretty close as well over 1,600. So certainly wouldn't be knocking her for. Maybe 601 metres might be too much for her, but she certainly uh, yeah, hasn't done anything wrong, particularly with a decent weight there on the weekend. Yeah. And with these handicap races as well, you know, if you're carrying a top weight, you've got to be on speed. I think that's your best chance of winning, and that's where Tefane was just... You know, I think third on the rail. So I've really ridden positively, and that gives the horse its best chance of holding on. Whereas, you know, I'm Thunderstruck's only carrying 52. That's going to really be hitting the line strongly. So, you know, so it was a, it was a good ride on Tefani. Certainly was. And Big V, when we were sort of thinking about this podcast, um, the, the biggest question I had for you is around the performance of the favourite of the Cox Plate, Zaki in the might and power. Now, I've got Zaki on behalf of the punters of the world as my should have sacked it. I didn't actually back it myself, but it was $1.28. It was a good three, small field, core field. I guess it had, in hindsight, a bit, had a, a few factors that might go against it, but, gee, I don't think many people saw that coming. No, and a lot of punters would have had Zaki as an anchor leg in their multis and you know, gets rolled at $1.28. I've got my concerns a bit now with Zaki for the Cox Plate. I know that you know sometimes preliminary final runs you take with a grain of salt because you know they're just building up to the grand final. But um, I, I thought uh, his run at Sandown was good without being overly impressive. And after a big first up run, you can understand Zaki being a bit flat second up, third up in the might and power. I just expected a little bit better from him, even though it was a small field. But you had non-conformists behind him in the run and, and run past him. Now, maybe it was tempo-related. Maybe Zaki prefers a stronger tempo. But even so, I don't know where to now. I think he's put in two, you know, I wouldn't say substandard, but probably two runs that were well below his first-up performance. And, you know, I think 3.20 for the Cox Plate is still maybe unders for him, we, whereas... Before the race, he was $1.80 for the Cox Plate. So, yeah, he's a bit, of, bit at the crossroads at the moment. Yeah, look, it certainly pays to wait, as we've discussed uh, a few times on the podcast, if they're pretty short in the market, in the all-in market, because as we saw on the weekend, um, one little hiccup and, and things do change. Look, I'm not totally uh, sacking Zaki. I think that was, you know, a few factors last week that really impacted whether it could win that race. I think moving forward to the Cox Plate, everything changes. You're going to get a different track conditions, different tempo. And I think Zaki does like to bowl along. Um, and the fact that it was a small field, and that can often lead to sort of odd muddling pace for these sort of races. And we saw, I think, Russian Camelot in a similar scenario last year uh, in a small field get done in a similar way. So I'm certainly not jumping off. But, yeah, I think $3.350 starting to be a much more fair price. Yeah, and I think... Animo comes into calculations now for the Cox Plate because that was a strong win in the Guinea, so yeah. he's got to be a chance. Uh, I don't think the firm track is an excuse for Zaki because he did win. I think he ran a you know, track record time at Doombin on a good track, so we know he can run on on good tracks. And even if you get a if we get rain again on Cox Plate day, I think very elegant still didn't play. I don't think I've, I've watched the 
Turnbull replay a few times again, and I just think very elegant was you know busted open by that really strong tempo. So I think on a on a on a ground with a bit of give, she can bounce back, and you've got the internationals as well, you know, particularly gold trip. So I think this Cox Plate is a lot more open than than what we might think. I think that's an exciting thing, Big V. You don't really want a dollar eighty shot in the Cox uh, Cox Plate. I think we had four years of winks at about that at a much smaller price than that. I think it's nice that it's a little bit open this year and. Yeah, I, I, as I've always said, very elegant, right up there in my in my thinking. But I guess if the track's another good three, horses like Probabil uh, come into play as well. She just just seems to run brilliantly when the track's a bit firmer. Yeah, I had my doubts about her running out 2,000, but we saw on a firm track on the weekend that she's got no problems seeing that distance. So, yeah, I think um, Probabil, the track is the key. I was on her for the All-Star Mile and earlier in the year and it was just a pity that you know the heavens opened not far from the race so yeah that cost her that day we'll move along now to the scalacci stakes big b and the reason we're moving to that race is it's got your should have sacked it horse and by the sounds of it and by your reaction immediately after this race this is a line through the horse never to be backed again in september run yeah i gave her another chance against this field, um, you know, she'd been running in a few Group Ones, so I thought, you know, backing Braid, you know, this will give her a chance. And I, I think she was really disappointing. I think she had a chance. The way the track pattern was, the way the track was playing, she was back. She had the, you know, the the right run, you know, coming out wide. She couldn't pass the the four horses that were in front of her in the run, and and she's been overrun by Rahiran. So I just thought it was really disappointing, and I'm I'm prepared to put the line through her. Even if she goes back to to Flemington, I'll be keen to take her on. She's not the same horse as last spring, and not the same horse that ran second to Nature Strip in the Lightning. Yeah, look, I don't disagree with you on those points, Big V, but it's uh, I still I've got a bit of a soft spot for September Run, and I think get her back to Flemington, get the right tempo, and she can still go really well. She wasn't disgraced on the weekend. Yeah, she finished. Second last, which was sixth, but still only beaten a length and a half, and I can see her coming bouncing back in a maybe a slightly weaker race at Flemington. Well, if she if she was to go to Flemington, she'd be running up against the likes of maybe Kemal Passer or Zutori, and I couldn't confidently say that she could beat those horses. You know, on the way the track played on Saturday, she had her chance to run on, so I don't think she's just a Flemington horse. But she just couldn't run down the four horses that were in front of her in the run, Saboteur Excel, Dosh, Bella Nipatina and Isaurian, where she was entitled to do so if she was good enough. So even if she I mean, I do hope she goes to Flemington because you know, the market might give her too much respect and you probably get a better price for Zutorial Kemal Passer. Well, speaking of good enough, Big V, is Delphi good enough to take on incentivise in the Caulfield Cup this week? I think the Caulfield Cup is still pretty much open. I, I have I incentivise on top, but I don't think I think we're going to get better than two ten because you know, eighteen horse field to give you know just over or just under fifty percent of the market to one horse. I think that's a really tight price, and I think Delphi looked like he could run well, and not only him but also the chosen one. I think they're on target to run really well in the Caulfield Cup. Non-conformist is the same. Young Worders can also run top three. So I, I think there's a, a bit of depth in the Caulfield Cup 
incentivise might be a freak and I'm not going to be taking 210, but if we get the same situation like Animo and he gets out to, you know, 280, I think he might be worth a bet. But for the moment, I just think I'll just watch the Caulfield Cup unless we get a, a decent price on incentivise because I think there's a, a few challenges. Well, I know that you're a big fan of checking the weather, mate, and make you know seeing where the wind's coming from and all those types of things before you put a bet on. But we are expected to have quite a lot of rain between today and, and Caulfield Cup Day. Do you think that has a impact on what we might see on the day? Oh, it could do so, but last week we all also forecast rain as well, and we didn't get any on the Thursday and Friday. <laughs> and last week I was hoping to head out to the driving range on the Friday night, but then when I saw the weather forecast, I thought maybe I might leave it for another week. But as it turned out, I, I could have gone out. So I think the the weather forecast is you know wrong most of the time. So you just got to just got to wait until later in the week where it, where it can be a bit more accurate. So. Yeah, we'll wait and see what the how the weather plays out. Yeah, fair enough, Big V. And um, having seen your golf swing, I don't think you can wait another week, mate. You should have got out there. But uh, I'll take us up to Sydney now. Um, there was probably one main race that we needed to look up there, and the winner of it was Profondo in the Champion Stakes. And how good is this horse, mate? Yeah, I think that was only his third start and put the riding on the wall start before in the gloaming. So... I think um, the jockey Robbie Dolan was, I think he was unfairly criticised for the ride last start, but he's riding an inexperienced horse. Yeah, Profondo probably could have won the start before, but good on the owners and the trainer for keeping faith in in Robbie Dolan, and he's repaid that with a a dominant win. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the jockey there even mentioned that they weren't overly pleased with themselves the previous time. But as you say, yeah, that was only its third start. So in its second start, it didn't want to run straight. And that can happen with horses, um, particularly uh, those that are sort of fired up like uh, Profondo was. Uh, Now, Big V, I wanted to talk to you about the Everest now. I mean, um, we'll have our preview show this week as well. So we don't need to to narrow you down to your top pick quite yet. But, uh, you know, you've seen another week. We've got more horses now in it. Uh, any, anything from your end that you wanted to point out around that race moving forward? I still have Nature Strip on top, but the, the barrier draw is going to be really important for this type of race, particularly with a horse like Mask Crusader. I'm surprised that Classic Legend is is the favourite just based on trials. Well, we haven't seen him race. We're taking him on trust. We know he can win an Everest because he, he did it last year, so he's got that quality. But I, I just I'm leaning to Nature Strip because I think he'll be ready to to peak now. And I thought he, I thought his second up run was 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 good enough. You know, he gave himself a platform. Mars Crusader is the X factor because he's got really elite closing speed. It's just whether what draw he gets, how far back he's going to be. So I've got Nature Strip, Mars Crusader, Classic Legend because. We, just because of that unknown, you don't want to rule him out because we know what he can do. I think Eduardo you can't rule out because he's he's going to be second up, fully wound up. He's going to be on speed, there to be run down. So I think they're the four main chances. I think Geetra might be a better 1,000-metre horse than 1,200. And I think maybe the three-year-olds, I, I don't think they're in the yes, yes, yes class a head of state, you know, head of state galloped well with Nature Strip, but 
you know, if you're going to try and promote a horse to get into the Everest slot, you're not going to have Nature Strip thrash it in a gallop. You want to have Home Affairs looking good for the for the slot holder to, to put him in the race. And I think Paul Ailey is really deep into the prep. I mean, they'll run well, but I think, you know, I, I don't think they'll get close to Nature Strip or Classic Legend or Mask Crusader. Well, we'll wait for that barrier draw, Big V, and we'll ask you for your final selections uh, coming up on Friday. But, yeah, as I've seen, Classic Legend trialling the house down, but we've often seen horses that do that not turn up on race day. So, well, you, you were on Classic Legend last year. You're gonna, are you sticking with him or you? Or what's your thoughts on the Everest? My early, my early thought is to stick with him. Uh, you know, as you said, been to that top of the mountain before, so to speak, and certainly if there is a hot speed, as there was last year, it does set it up for horses like Classic Legend. I do want to wait almost to the mounting yard on this one, Big V. I just want to have a look at Classic Legend and hear what Lizzie Jelfs and the, the people on course say about him because if he's looking ready to go first up, which you'd expect, of course, for a $15 million race, then I think you might see some money come for him late. But again, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll sit on that, Big V, and, and wait for Friday before we uh, give our final selections. I did, though, want to get a couple of your horses to follow for the week, Big V. There was a lot of good runs, uh, I thought, across the, the day and not necessarily by the winners. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Superstorm. I think a race like the Cantala on Derby Day looks good. Big track, Flemington, I think that'll suit him. And I thought Nudge was a big run. Distance didn't suit 1,200. Slow tempo as well, but she really hit the line strongly. You know, the, the tempo was against her. She's better at 1,600. Where to now for her? She might go to the Valley. I don't think the Valley suits, so maybe she's a horse we look at third up. Yeah, no, I, they, both of those horses caught my eye as well, Big V. A couple I've got, probably in the lesser races, or not so much for never being kissed, but I thought it was a, a pretty good uh, effort in behind Profondo there, and you know it backed up after its uh, win in the flight stakes, so I wouldn't mind just keeping a sneaky eye on where never being kissed comes goes next. And another horse in... Quite a low-rating race, admittedly, was Sneaky 5. It got up at really nice odds, and I'm not sure that was quite its peak run either. I think it's got much more to come in this prep, so we'll be keen to see where Sneaky 5 goes as well. But one horse I thought you might have mentioned, Big V, and uh, it was Lombardo, which was uh, quite a dominant effort there at Caulfield. Yeah, it was. Going to the Manicato now, so it's a really big step up. I think it's going to be tough for him. I thought, uh, you know... A horse like Savit to excel might be the one to look at for the Manicardo because that probably was a bonus win for him. And I think it'd be disappointing that Savit to excel can't get to a race like the Winter Bottom because of the border, because of the you know tough to cross borders at the moment. So you know, maybe Savit to excel probably looks a better horse than Lombardo for a race like the Manicardo. Yeah, I guess it all sometimes comes down to the speed, and often it can be a hot speed in the Manicardo and. You know, not a bad thing to be out the front at Moody Valley sometimes. So, yeah, I'm certainly an exciting race in prospect there as well. Um, our sectored horses, I'm surprised looking at the results that you didn't make Buffalo River your sectored horse. Look, I think on the weekend, Big V, uh, you know, I was pretty disappointed with a couple of my best bets, both finishing second and putting a cross next to a, a relatively successful multis that I had in place as well, which could have made it a huge day. But I, look, it was set up for Buffalo River. I thought it was rated really well by the jockey. Uh, had every chance and, yeah, didn't quite get the job done. I got the sense, perhaps, and Big V, you might be able to 
you know, give elaborate on this a little bit, that it kind of was waiting for the horses a bit to, to catch it because once it got headed, it, it went again and did hold on for second. But, yeah, I wasn't sure what to make it, but it, it's certainly not a sack for me. I want to see what it go, where it goes next. Yeah, certainly finding it tough, uh, tough to just hold on. I know he hasn't won on a good track, but that doesn't mean he can't perform on a good track. I mean, when he gets to maybe a soft or heavy track, it might be better for him because other horses don't handle it as well as he does. But I think for him running on a good track doesn't necessarily mean he's at a disadvantage. So maybe if we, if he does get onto a softer track, you know, he might be able to get those wins because he might handle it better than those other horses. So at the moment, he's just finding it with his style of running just to just to hang on in the, in that last 50 metres. Yeah, I think it is the style, but... I must say I was very surprised he couldn't quite get the job done in that race, um, especially when Justin Cantor came out on the morning as well. I thought it really set up well for him, and I, my confidence only grew, as did the punter's confidence, because he really did come in sharply after that scratching as well. But, yeah, not quite a, a sacked it for me, Big V. But just before we uh, wrap up, Big V, we actually got the big thousands guineas uh, meeting at Caulfield on Wednesday as well. I guess... You know, any any early thoughts on that particular race? Duzarella, obviously, starting favourite. Yeah, I haven't done the the form yet. Um, I was leaning towards looking outside the Melbourne form because it's been pretty weak here, and I was going to have a look at Chris Waller's horse, Hinged. But having a look at the TAB market at the moment, Duzarella has lost favouritism, and it is Hinged that's the new favourite now for the 1,000 guineas. So, yeah, I that's pretty interesting. So I'll still do the form. I was gonna, I was gonna actually try and take on the favourite Suzarella and go with Hinge, but now Hinge is the new market leader. Well, we might have to give uh, the listeners your best bet on the should have backed it at should have backed it Twitter handle Big V um, on Wednesday morning um, if you haven't quite done the form yet, because I think a lot of listeners after your effort. On Friday and Caulfield Guineas Day, we'll be very keen to follow in on whoever you do select in that race. Yeah, now that you've um, made me have a look at the 1,000 Guineas market, I am a little bit disappointed that Hinged is the new favourite. I thought we might have got a good price for her, but she hasn't been missed. Uh, I mean, she's still a good price at 420. I mean, that's not a, that's not a bad price, but yeah, I thought maybe you know Zuzarella would, would be the favourite until at least race day. Yeah, look, I think it's a very open race, Big V, and there could be some moves even between now and then, I'd say. But uh, that's all we've got time for for this week's episode of the Should Have Backed It podcast. Uh, We will be back on Friday, Big V, and we will be giving your top selection for the Caulfield Cup and the Everest uh, alongside your best bets of the day. And if anyone tuned in last week, uh, it's certainly worth a listen, Big V. I know a lot of people followed you in and had very successful days, so hopefully you can back it up two in a row, mate. Yeah, two tough races. Well, I wouldn't say two, two. I wouldn't say tough races, but you know, the two big races, you know, Caulfield Cup, you know, could be in, in, could be incentivised dominating again. But the Everest looks like a really top race this year, and you're going to get a good price whatever horse you're back in the Everest. That's for sure, mate. And it's always a bit of a thrill those two races, regardless. But. Thank you, Big V. Always good to have a chat and hear, hear your thoughts after a massive day of racing. Thanks to our listeners. And there's still plenty of racing even between now and our Friday podcast. So, uh, as always, good luck on the punt.